Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. You know, the nation of Israel, as they begin to come out of Egypt, well, even before then, when God began to deal with man after the fall, God began to become more than just God in heaven. He became the specific God that they needed for whatever problem they were having. I mean, it was when Abraham lifted the knife over Isaac, and Abraham desperately needed a ram to replace Isaac in that sacrifice, and God provided one, and, God, and, and, and the Bible says there, Abraham called God Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Now, He's still our provider today. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews, we're studying the subject of faith. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For those that come to Him must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Faith empowers you to believe that God is the God you need Him to be for your life. Some of you don't need healing, but you need prosperity. Some of you don't need prosperity, but you need deliverance. But whatever your need may be, faith empowers you to believe. He is my healer. He is my Savior. He is my baptizer in the Holy Ghost. He is my all in all. The Apostle Paul said, in Him we live and move and have our being. Isn't that great? Now listen to this prophecy. Now concerning the money. Now concerning the finances that you need for the building. It has been prophesied in this pulpit, and others have said it, that there would be money that would come from the outside. And it's certainly true. But if you will this day Allow me to speak unto your spirit. I will place a number in your spirit. And you will know in your heart, that's my part. That's what I'm to do. And you will see that although there will be that will come from the outside, that which will rise up from the inside will take and complete and finish out by cash that which you desire to do. So this day, I'm beginning to send the message to your spirit. Listen to it. Don't say, no way. Don't say, that's impossible. Don't say, I cannot do that. For if you will stand in faith and believe me, I will give you that amount and I will give you exceedingly abundantly above that for your own life. And I will cause your debts to be paid. And I will cause your dreams to be realized. And the homes to be purchased. And the cars to come online. And all that you have need of and all that you desire. And you will know it wasn't someone from outside. It was what God did on the inside that's brought this into being. For yes, you're right. Now's the time for construction to begin. Now is the time for me to begin to move on that behalf. For there are so many on this island and so many in this area, but also there are so many in the world that need this prayer answered. 
for the anointing that shall increase and the blessing that shall come forth and those that will be raised up from your midst shall go forth into the world with a message of hope, faith, and blessing that will cause my glory to be known and my anointing to manifest. So today, begin. Today, begin. And I'll begin to speak to you. Oh yeah, thank you, Father. For every business, every boat that I'm allowed to get into, every boat that allows me to preach the gospel from your boat, I will take you back out into the sea for you to cast your nets for the biggest drought you've ever had, for the biggest contract, for the largest amount of sales, for the most that you've ever handled in your entire life. But you've got to be willing to act in faith up front and to say, Lord, this is for that. And you will see that I will come and I will get in your boat. And I will get into your business. And you will be amazed at the upswing and the upturn when everything else is on the downswing and everything else is on the downturn. And I say this unto you this day to preserve, oh my goodness, to preserve and protect your livelihood. To preserve and protect that which you will need in the next few years to live upon this earth. To to provide employment for others. And to have the finances to be blessed. So don't close your ears or your heart. But open it up this day. And say, I'll do it, Lord. And you'll see the blessing flow. And for those, I have spoken unto you. And I have given you an idea. And I have given you a concept. And a precept. Now seek me on how to implement it. And I will give you divine instruction. And you will launch out and implement that business and it will go grow quickly and it will be a profound increase in your life you will provide employment and blessing for others and you will stand and say when others will want to give you accolades and say oh how smart you are and what a business mind you'll have but you'll stand in the midst and say look what the Lord has done And look how God has blessed. For already I'm working in that area. Already I'm doing that which I'm saying now. So be quick to respond. And you'll see the supernatural flow on your behalf. Thank you, Lord Jesus. A few days. Let me just say this. And we're going to begin, I'm going to begin to incorporate this into those that we, we, uh, 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 when they come to the front, get saved, get right with God. Let Let me just say this. This is so important to hear. If you will give God one year, if you will give God one year, you say, what do you mean by that? If you will come to every service you can come to for one year, your life will radically change. Now, I know know people, there's people that come every week and you don't come on Wednesday and and there's people that come every other week and people that come like once a month. and, And, you know, I mean, if we had everybody here at one time, we'd have to put chairs out. 
I mean, it's amazing how many people actually come to the church. But listen, if you will come for one year, every service, that, I, mean, you, I mean, even when it's not convenient, you're here. You bring a Bible. You're ready to participate. You do, I'm telling you, it will radically change your life. I've seen it over and over and over again. Now listen, the, the, the spirit of apathy and complacency has got into the body of Christ as a whole. Uh, the statistic that I saw, it's been about a month or so ago that I read it, that of the hundred people that attended church on a regular basis in the year 2000, in the year 2015, only 35 attend church regularly. What a sad indictment. When the Bible says to forsake not the assembling of yourself together, even more so as the day grows evil. Well, I'm telling you, it's not going to get any brighter out there. It's not going to get any better out there. It's going to be, listen, it's going to be more evil, more wickedness, more more crazy stuff going on. Listen, it's time to rise up and serve God. Now, if you give God that year, that doesn't mean after that year you're just going to quit and walk off. That means after one year, your life will so radically change. You, listen, instead of having to, be to go to church, you'll want to be in church. You'll want to be in every service. I've been like that for 34 years. I love, I love church so much, I go all over the world to be in church. Amen. In April, we'll be, uh, uh, where are we going in April? Going to Ireland. Glory to God. We're doing a, 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 the Irish Awaken Conference, the second one. Uh, we're going to do our, our uh, uh, what's it called, pre-launch celebration. Now, let me talk to you just a moment about Ireland. Now, how, how many hands, let me see the hands of people that still like to go to Ireland. That's a lot of people. Now, in prayer, we're going to do a pre-launch celebration on the 26th of April in Dundalk, Ireland. They're working right now to create what we call structure in a church. There needs to be structure. Amen. I mean, we go blowing in there and, and have a meeting and, and 200 people show up on church on Sunday morning. How in the world are you going to handle that? How are you going to handle 200 when you had not handled 20 yet? Amen. So in prayer, now now you gotta get you gotta understand this. I don't dictate to people what to do. I pray and see what they say, and then we balance it. So uh, Brother Ryan and I have been talking on the phone and texting and emailing one another. And I just said, you know, uh, uh, Brother Ryan, I just it's something in my spirit is not right about the summer. I just don't know what it is. But here's the thing: if we do something, you have no structure. Now, right now, they're holding a, a monthly meeting. So God gave us a plan. Everybody say a plan. God gave us a plan that uh, uh, they're going to begin after that celebration, that pre-launch celebration, they're going to start a weekly prayer meeting. They're going to go about six or eight weeks in that weekly prayer meeting, inviting people, getting people to come. Then he's going to start getting in the pulpit and teaching the Word of God. They're going to start having services. And they're going to begin to create the structure of Island Church, Dundalk, Ireland. Amen. Now, I didn't even know this. I didn't even realize this. December, the first week of December 2018, is my 30th anniversary, the 30th anniversary of my first trip to Ireland. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that there was grace 30 years ago to go to that nation 
and to just start raw. No churches, nothing there, just hungry hearts and to see what God has done. I believe there's a special grace for that first week in December where that church will have some structure, it'll have some members, it'll have some people that can take care of the nursery, it'll have some ushers, it'll have what it needs for us to come in there and do a great three or four day meeting and see the glory of God and see that church maybe double in that particular setting and see it just take off and go from there. Amen. So that's our plan right now. And when we get a little closer to it, right after fall harvest this year, we'll begin to give you some details. And we're going to believe God that that's the will of God. That's the plan of God. It agrees with my spirit. It agrees with Pastor Ryan's spirit. And I believe that's literally what God's going to do. And God's going to get the glory out of it. Amen. Praise God. Well, we've got a few minutes. Let's teach the word on faith. Mark chapter 5. Oh, I love teaching out of Mark chapter 5. Everybody say the three D's. Jesus overcomes the three D's in Mark chapter 5. He overcomes demons, he overcomes disease, and he overcomes death. Oh, I ought to get a better amen than that. He overcomes demons, he overcomes disease, and he overcomes death. i got good news, Island Church. Jesus still overcomes demons, he overcomes disease, and he overcomes death. Now, traditionally we teach on the woman with the issue of blood, but I'm going to teach just a little bit here for a moment. With the story, within the story. Everybody say, the story, within the story. Now, notice verse 21. Verse 21, let's start there. It says, when Jesus was passed over again by ship into the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come Lay thy hands upon her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Now, did you get that? Now, now, now listen, this, this shows us some principles very important here. Number one, this man is in the crisis of life. I mean, what would you do to get your daughter healed? Anything. I say anything. You'd look for the best doctor, you'd look for the best specialist, and you'd look for Jesus. You'd look for, you'd do anything. You'd spend everything. You'd do anything to do to get your daughter healed. Now, here's the, here's the principle that we need to see. Number one, Jairus came to the right person. <laughs> I ought to get a better amen than that. You say, what do you mean? When you come to Jesus, you're coming to the right person. Thank God for you coming to Island Church. Thank God for you coming to Pastor Rusty. Thank God for you coming to our prayer partners up front. But I'm telling you, when you do that, what you're really doing is you're coming to Jesus. And you're coming to Jesus in the right way. Amen? You say, what do you mean? Jairus didn't come mad. I've seen people come just mad at God. How could God allow this? Well, you've got an adversary called the devil. You live in a fallen world. You've got a decaying body. You've got a mind that needs to be renewed with the Word of God. Listen, don't come to God mad. Don't come to God upset. He is not your problem. He's your answer. Jairus was a ruler of a synagogue. Listen, he could have had a private audience. Notice, he came publicly. I've had people come to me before and bless their heart. I minister to them. I'm not ashamed to minister, but I'm always like, why are you doing this? People come to me and say, well, pastor, you know, we need you to privately. Well, I had some people that had some bad reports from the doctor and things like that. They say, you know, we don't want anybody to know. We don't want there to be any emotion in the situation. We just Listen, I'm like this. If I'm hurting, everybody I know is going to know it. I start with Leah, and I start working down the list. 
I'm hurting. The devil's attacking me. Pray for me. I call Pastor Mark. I call Pastor Sam. I call Pastor Paul. I call everybody I know. Pray for me. Jairus was not ashamed to come publicly to Jesus with his problem. Amen. Sometimes we're like, oh, well, you know, we don't want anybody to know. Yes, you do. You want people of faith to know. You want people who can agree with you to know. And you want God to get the glory publicly. I don't know what causes that type of attitude. So he came, he came in the right way. He came to the right person, and he came in faith. Now notice his words. I pray thee, come lay your hands on her, and I hope she gets healed. Come lay your hands on her, and maybe she'll get healed. No, she said, come lay your hands upon her that she may be healed. His faith, now listen to me. His faith was in the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say something to you. Thank God for any little bit of healing ministry the Lord's put in our life. But your faith needs to be in the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that took stripes upon His back. He is the one that suffered for you. He is the one that bore your sickness, your pain, your disease. And He is the one who has healed your body. And the Word of God will produce that faith. I don't care what kind of diagnosis you've gotten. I don't care what kind of prognosis you've gotten. I don't care what they've put into your body, taken out of your body. It does not matter. Jesus is still the healer. I said Jesus is still the healer. And we as a church are on the precipice of a great healing revival. I'm telling you, the Lord has stirred my spirit. We live on an island right now in which there's a huge teaching hospital. People are coming in mass to this island. Sick, affirmed, burned people, all kinds of people with all kinds of diseases. There ought to be a church that rises up with the healing power of God that even over at UTMB, they say, we can't do anything for you anymore, but we know somebody that can. You need to go down there to Island Church and they'll lay hands on you and pray for you and Jesus will heal you. Now notice what it says here. I pray thee come and lay hands on her that she may be healed and she may be healed and she shall live. Now notice verse 24. And Jesus went with him. Oh boy. Jesus is moving on my behalf. Let's go, Jesus says. Let's go. And the Bible says much people followed him and thronged him. Now, here we go in verse 25. And a certain woman. Oh, my God. Here we go. It's always a woman, isn't it? <laughs> Just teasing. Come on. Now, here's where the story of Jairus has an interruption. Amen. Now, let me say something. This is a profound saying, and you need to hear it. A delay in your answer is not the denial of your miracle. Now, let me say that again. A delay in your answer is not the denial of your miracle. Here goes Jairus. I bet he was greatly encouraged. Praise God. I came to Jesus. I came the right way with all the faith that I had. I humbled myself. I went out in public. I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm concerned for my little daughter. When I left the house, she's at the point of death. All I need to do is to get Jesus to my house and get his hands upon her. Now we're moving. Now we're going. God is working. God is moving. Then all of a sudden it all stops. Why did it stop? A certain woman which had an issue of blood, 
had suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had, was none better, but rather grew worse. Now, this woman's in trouble. Come on, church. She's got a physical problem. She's got a financial problem, physical problem, issue of blood. Financial problem, spent all that she had. Mental problem, she's discouraged. I mean, 12 years of spending all your money, and every report you're getting is you're getting worse, you're getting worse, you're getting worse. I'm telling you, I, that literally will weigh on your mind. Then she's in spiritual trouble. For 12 years, she can't participate in Passover. For 12 years, no entrance into the temple. For 12 years, segregation from all of her, her brothers and sisters in Israel because she was unclean. Everywhere she went, she had to cry, unclean, unclean, away, unclean, unclean. She's, got, she's in a mess. She's in a mess. But the good news, everybody say the good news. Verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus... It's not that complicated. It's not that difficult. People need to hear of Jesus. I said people need to hear of Jesus. You got neighbors that need to hear of Jesus. You got co-workers that need to hear of Jesus. You got people that you interact with every day. They need to hear not about your church, not about your pastor. Now they need to hear of Jesus. That he is the savior. That he is the healer. That he is the deliverer. I'm telling you, it's amazing how faith can come when people just hear, Jesus will heal you. Jesus will save you. Jesus, are you a, you a crack addict? Jesus will deliver you. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him, touched his garment. First he said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Not just healed, but whole. Straight away, the fountain of her blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? The disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? He looked around about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman, everybody say the woman, the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing, everybody say knowing. Now she started out believing, ended up knowing. I said she started out believing because she followed the simple principles. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. She had heard of Jesus. She began to say, if I can touch his clothes, I'm going to be whole. Then she acted on it. Listen, she went to that dusty street. I guarantee you, she didn't elbow her way through that crowd. She didn't push her way through that crowd. I can see her falling down and getting up and almost getting to Jesus and somebody knocking to one side. But she kept moving and kept trying and kept getting through that throng and that crowd. And finally, she got to the hem of his garment and the power and the virtue flowed out by faith into her body and healed her of 12 years of disease. Now notice, first she heard, then she did, then she said, no, excuse me, first she heard, then she said, then she did, then she felt. Oh, I just want to feel it. No, no, no. You may have to hear first, say first, act first before you feel first. Amen. Now notice this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Now notice Jesus. He's so kind. He said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now notice, four things. Physical, financial, spiritual, and mental. Now, she felt in her body she was healed of the plague. That means the issue of blood stopped flowing. Amen. Now let me just say this. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you get to heaven, you go find this woman, you talk to her, you see I'm right. Because I know this by experience. The day she made that decision, Jesus is coming to my town. 
Jesus could be walking down that street right there. I don't care how big the crowd is. I don't care how many people are there. And I don't care who is there. I'm going to get to the hem of that garment. I'm going to touch it and I'm going to be healed. Listen, that day she probably had the worst symptoms she ever experienced. That day I bet the devil was on her shoulder saying, What are you doing? Don't you know the very man that could arrest you, Jairus, the head of the synagogue, is walking with Jesus? If he catches you doing this, you're done. You're finished. Amen? You say, well, what kept her going? What gave her strength? For she heard. There's so much strength. There's so much power in the words of God that it'll get you to the hem of his garment, so to speak, if that's what you need. Now notice, she'd already felt. She's already physically healed. So Jesus said unto her, now this is so powerful. For all those years of her sickness, she had been segregated from the synagogue, could not participate with all of the festivals of her religion, could not be a part of what God was doing. But all of a sudden, with one word, because they were not the children of God, they were the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the servants of Almighty God. And with one word, as Jesus looked into her eyes, as she stood there fearing and trembling, Jesus, with tender words, called her what? Daughter. He stepped across a dispensational line. He used a term that's only relevant to you and I because we are sons and daughters of Almighty God. He knew one day he would die, raised from the dead, present his blood in the holies of God, and that it would be available to all the whosoevers to become children of God. So he said, I'm just going to speed it up a little bit. I'm going to heal you of 12 years of religious rejection. Daughter! Now notice this, daughter, thy faith, thy faith. Now that's what you've got to see. He could have said, it's my anointing. It's my healing power. It's because although I am son of man, I'm also son of God. He didn't say none of that. He identified what she possessed. Let me say that again. He identified what she possessed to get her that miracle. And what she possessed to get her that miracle was faith. That's why I don't listen to those people say, hey, that word of faith stuff, that's over. That's a cult. That's it. You better be careful. Because religion will do everything it can do to try to get you out of faith. But God does everything He can do by His Word and Spirit to get you into faith. Amen. Daughter, thy faith is made thee whole. Go in peace. Well, for 12 years she hadn't had no peace. For 12 years, they've said, you're not getting any better. Pay the bill. You're not getting any better. Pay the bill. You're not getting any pay the bill. Her mind is telling her she's not getting better. Her body's telling her she's not getting better. Everything around her is saying you're not getting better. Her finances are going down and down and down. She has every opportunity to worry. She has every opportunity to fret. But all of a sudden, she hears of Jesus. Are you with me? When he said, go in peace, all of the mental turmoil erased I bet she had peace like she had never had before then he said this and be whole of thy plague I guarantee you the word whole means the assembly of, uh, the entire assembly of parts being put back together I guarantee you a financial restitution began that day well what about old Jairus he's kind of standing there going I thought we were going to my house. I thought I had a problem. Now notice, notice how it works here. Verse 35. While he yet spake. Boy, this is just like the devil, isn't it? 
While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Now listen, we, this is not an excuse to go dig up Uncle Charlie. Amen. Leave Uncle Charlie in the grave. He'll get to go up in the rapture just like the rest of the dead in Christ. Amen. This is not a principle on how to raise the dead. This is principles on how to persevere in faith. So here comes the report. Actually, you know what the report is. Time is up. There is a, a, a line in the sand of time. See, here's what the devil wants you to think. There's a line in the sand of time. That if I can push your problem across that line, there's nothing your God can do about it. Amen. That's why a lot of people give up. That's why a lot of people quit. You say, why? You just keep believing. Now notice this. Why trouble us out of the master any longer? Why go to that island church any longer? Why listen to that faith to you? It ain't working for you. Now notice this. As soon as Jesus heard, the next verse, 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only to believe. Listen to this. I love it in the Amplified. Let me find it here. Verse 36. You ready for this? This is, you got your shouting shoes on? Your running shoes, your shouting clothes. Listen to this. Overhearing, but ignoring what they said. Uh, I, you need to hear that again. Overhearing, but ignoring what they said. I'm telling you, the they-sayers will always try to talk you out of a miracle. The they-sayers will tell you God's healing power doesn't work today. The, the they-sayers will try to keep you suppressed, pushed down, but i got good news if you'll just stay butted right up next to Jesus. You say, how do I do that? You just stay in the Word, 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 because when you're in the Word, you're with Jesus. I love that. Overhearing, but ignoring what they said, Jesus said. He's getting ready to talk. I'm telling you, when He talks, miracles happen. When He talks, broken bodies get healed. When he talks, finances come in. When he talks, blessings begin to flow. Overhearing but ignoring what they said, he said, I love this. Let me find it again. He said, do not be seized with alarm or struck with fear. Only keep on believing. Now here's the, here's the problem. The enemy will try to push you across that timeline and say, God can't do nothing. The, 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 the time's up. Uh, you know, they're going to come repossess the house. They're going to repossess your car. The medication is not working. Come on, church. And nothing's going to happen for you. It's too late. It's over. You've got to say, I'm ignoring you because I'm walking with Jesus. He's ignoring and he is literally fixing to speak. Come on, church. Overhearing and ignoring what they said, Jesus said. Now, what did he say? He said, do not be struck with fear. Only keep on believing. So here's the question that I believe in what? I came to get my daughter healed. Now she's dead. Listen, your faith that you start out with. Oh, you've got to hear this. Your faith 
that you start out with is sufficient to get you to the place of God's blessing. The devil will say, you haven't heard enough teaching. You haven't been to Bible school. You need to go to Oral Roberts University. You need to go to Raymond Bible Training. You need to do this. You need to do that. Well, that may be true, but the good news is all you need is him. And don't let him talk you out. Don't let the devil talk you out of a miracle by, you, by him causing you to think you don't have enough faith. I'm on, this is for somebody in here. I don't know who this is for, but if it's for you, you need to shout. You don't, you don't think you have enough faith, but the fact that you're sitting here today is proof that you do have enough faith. Tell the devil to shut up. Tell him to leave you alone. You're fixing to receive your miracle. Be not afraid, only believe. Verse 37, he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, John, the brother of James. They come unto the house of the ruler of the synagogue, seeth the turmoil, them that, uh, them that wept and wailed greatly, putting on this big drama. There's always people, if you let them, they'll put on a big drama about what you have not got from God. Get away from them. Because here's what they're going to do. It says, he come to the house of the ruler of the, ruler of the synagogue, seeth the turmoil, them that wept and wailed greatly, and when it was come, he said unto them, Why are you putting on this drama? Why make ye this ado? And weep. The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. That's how he saw it. That's how Jesus saw it. She's not dead. She's sleeping. And anybody that's asleep in me, I can wake them up when I want to. That's the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, church. And they did what? They laughed him to scorn. Just like they'll do you. You tell them, I'm going down to Island Church. That faith church? Yeah, that faith. Are you out of your mind? Come on, church. There will always be opposition to the true faith of God that comes into your heart for the miracle that you need. But you've got to make a decision to let the word put them out. Look what it says. It says, when he come in and seeth, then he said, why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he put them all out, the word will put them down. You don't have to defend the word. The word stands on its own. You just tell them, I believe in the word. I believe in the word. I believe in the word. Leave me alone. If you can't be with me, get away from me. Sometimes you got to do it to save your own life. I love this. They laughed him to scorn. We had put them all out. He taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him. Entered in where the damsel was lying. He took the damsel by the hand. Said unto her to lift nigh. Come nigh which being interpreted as damsel. I say unto thee arise. And straightway the damsel arose. And she walked. For she was of the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with great astonishment. We're in a situation. Oh, probably 25 or more years ago. A close friend of ours. They had a, had a baby that was born. They gave the report of this child uh, being blind, mentally retarded, never, will never function, will never have any, uh, any type of skills, any, anything whatsoever. It's just a lump of flesh that's probably going to be institutionalized. And Leah, I, God put a great grace on Leah for that, and the, and the mother of this child. 
and they got, they got tapes, and they got, back then it was cassette tapes. They got cassette tapes and put them in that incubator. A baby was born like a pound and a half or two pounds early and had all these complications, and they got these tapes, and worship music, and Brother Hagin's healing scriptures, played it over and over, and they'd go in there rejoicing and praising God. And one day the doctors corralled them and got them over in a little meeting and said, we don't think you're taking this thing very seriously. That's what they said. They said, we do not think you're taking this situation very seriously. You don't, know, you don't realize what a tragedy this is. And both of these women begin to rejoice and begin to thank God and begin to worship God. And a few short weeks later, that baby came out of that incubator and out of that hospital perfectly healed and whole. And it's still healed and whole this day. Amen. So the enemy will try to intimidate you with time. And try to tell you, you've gone past the line in which God can do anything in your life. You know, as Americans, we, we enjoy sports. The Final Four is going on. We see these great college teams play these basketball games. And I've seen a few that I've thought, well, I wish they could play another quarter. But they don't. On the fourth quarter, when the, when the, when the clock goes to zero, 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 it's over. It's done. And football's the same way. The same way. I mean, at the, when the clock winds down, two-minute warning, they start calling timeouts, they're doing all these Hail Mary plays, all this happens, zero, 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 it's over. One is the winner, one is the loser. And that's exactly how the enemy wants you to think life is. That you're living on the clock, and it's winding down for your miracle, and it's headed towards zero, 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 zero. But I got good news. I said, I got good news. I saw this years ago in the Spirit, and it was so funny. I just laughed when I saw it. But when I saw it, I thought it was something that was real. And actually, the Holy Ghost said it to me like this, because was, it was football season at the time, and I was preaching on faith in a certain conference. And the Lord spoke to me, and He said, Faith isn't football. Faith is baseball. Faith is baseball. Now, baseball, they have a clock, but they don't play by the clock. Some games go, I don't know what the longest is, the 18 hours they played one time till a winner was determined. So here you are in the batting box of life. Amen. And the, the devil, he's winding up and he's throwing cancer at you. He's throwing a heart problem at you. He's throwing a problem in your marriage. He's throwing, he's throwing and he's wanting, you to, he's wanting you to strike out. Because you only get three strikes. You know, you, you strike the first time, and oh, I didn't get my miracle. And you strike the second, oh, God didn't show. And you strike the third time. And so the, so the devil, he's the one pitching. He always pitches dirty. He doesn't play fair. He's always throwing some kind of ugly knuckleball, spitball, something like that. So he starts jumping up and down going, you're out, you're out, you're out, you're out. But the pitcher does not run the game. Anybody know who runs the game? He's the guy behind the catcher called the umpire. Job said, Job said, there's no daysman. There's no umpire that can put his hand on God and put his hand on me. But now there is a daysman and there is an umpire. And instead of, instead of listening to the pitcher, you need to turn to the umpire. Because here's what he'll say. Here's what he'll say. You ready? He'll say, keep swinging. Keep swinging. 
You get as many strikes as it takes. Just keep swinging. If you'll keep swinging, one day you're going to drive what the devil is throwing at you right back down his throat. You'll find a way to connect. You'll try, find a way to hit it. You'll find a way. Don't. And most people, they throw their bat down. They get out of the batter's box. They say, well, I guess, you know, we'll go find another church somewhere. Somewhere to live defeated. Don't find somewhere to live defeated. Find somewhere to live victorious in Christ. And stay in there and keep swinging. And when the devil shouts, time up, say, time's not up. I've read Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to keep on believing. And I'm going to let Jesus put them all out. And if you'll do it, I guarantee you, you will begin to develop a life of faith. That your miracles will be undeniable. The provision of God will be unrestricted. And the blessing of God will flow in your life like never before. Amen? Praise God. Lift your hands and thank God this morning. Father, we worship your name. We glorify and exalt you. Oh, for your goodness, your blessing, for all that you're doing in our midst. We give thanks today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we bless your name. Thank you so much for your wonderful presence today. Lord, we're just in awe of what you're doing. Thank you for all of our new members that have joined. Thank you for your blessing upon their life. Thank you for those that will join, Father, for your blessing upon their life, Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for protection and safety. We declare Psalms 91, no evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Father, whether we travel on the highways, the seaways, the airways, or the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation, we thank you, Father, that we're protected by Almighty God. Lord, as we handle the resource that you've given us, the righteous labor of our own hands, thank you that we're not subject to accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men, or Satan himself. Thank you that we abide under the shadow of the Most High, safe and protected blessed of God. Thank you Heavenly Father for the door of utterance and understanding in all of our hearts that we're all involved in the ministry of reconciliation. That we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We as believers can cast out devils. Freely we have received. Let us freely give to all those this week that you bring across our path that are in need of you Lord Jesus. Father we walk in love and faith towards you. We love you so much for you first loved us. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave it today as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.